right, we are back with show number two on this Saturday. So, if you missed the all-star panel, I highly, highly recommend you check that out. After this one, of course. But you check that out. There was so much great information that was shared in that. It was a li- little bit over an hour. It's worth anything else that you're going to watch today. Is take some time and check out that episode. And so, if you are new to the channel, if you're joining me on uh, YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and please share. And if you're joining me on the audio on the podcast site, how about a five-star review? Help help a guy out. Thank you very much. And if you don't know who I am and why you should be listening to me, this is who I am. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of, front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so before I bring on my guests, we have to do the teachable moment of the day. And this is going to be about forgiveness. Not forgiving someone else. I want you to forgive yourself. If there's any type of wrong that you did in your life, I want you to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? That happened. You're not that person anymore. I forgive you. That way you'll be able to move forward and accomplish great things in your life. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but it's true. It's 100% fact. Like you, You cannot give outward inspiration if you're hurting internally. So whatever it is that weight that you're carrying around, forgive yourself for it. Release that weight so you can find happiness. That's all I got for you with that. So now my guest, so she was actually on my show a few months ago. It was a debate style show. And she's she's a young gal. And just as I was listening to her on that show, it was like she just looks at the world with such an, an amazing lens for someone at such a young age. And so, because we hear so much about the, the, the young people nowadays that, that they're all radical and they have no work ethic and this and that. And I'm not one to lump people all in the same box, but just listening to her, I was like, you know what? I want to get, get her on an individual interview and just pick her brain even more and just see why she thinks the way she thinks. She's backstage now. I see she was covering her face. She's nervous. There's nothing to be nervous about. Come on, Ma. Let's have this conversation. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Where, where are you joining us from? I'm 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 coming from Florida. Florida, whereabouts? Um, specifically Windermere. I'm specifically like living in Summerport right now, so it's okay. really warm. But we might get a cold front soon, so that won't be fun. A cold front. Don't talk to somebody from the north about a cold front. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It might hit sixty. <laughs> I just don't like the cold. <laughs> No, I hate. I don't. I don't like the cold either. Like once, I keep telling my kids once they're they're grown and and out, I say I'm moving somewhere where spring is spring and fall is fall. Good, <laughs> because here it goes hot. We get fall for about two weeks, then it gets cold. Right? Then we'll get spring for two weeks, and then it's hot again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want a good solid, you know, six to eight weeks of just mild weather. It's, it's always one or the other extreme here. It's crazy. I'm in Rhode Island, by the way. <laughs> All right. So were you born and raised in Florida? No, I was actually born in Accra, Ghana with okay. my sister, who's a year and a half older than me. So we were born there, but we weren't technically raised there because mm-hmm. our family moved around a lot. First, we spent some time in Ghana. 
Then we moved to Zimbabwe while I was starting out elementary school. Yeah. Then we went to Germany when I was going to start in, in middle school. And okay. then we moved to America when I was about to start high school. And I also went to college in America. So I kind of stayed in America after that. Okay, so USA was high school and college. All right, because we're going we're gonna to talk about all that. All right, so first, how would you describe yourself? Like personality-wise? Just in general. Like, Hmm. <laughs> um, well, I'd say I'm someone who tends to overthink sometimes. I'm someone who asks a question with a question, then I ask myself even more questions. Like, what am I even talking about? Where, how did I even get here? But I try to make it as simple as possible so I'm not kind of aching in my mind. So... <laughs> I try to keep things as simple as I can, but then sometimes it just seems like situations are really complex that maybe this is not for simple thinking. Maybe I have to think kind of enigmatic sometimes, even though sometimes it just kind of, I just want to stop thinking because I have too many things in my head at times. <laughs> but if I were to describe myself, I'd say I'm a friendly person, you know, I mean, at first, if I don't seem very open, it's because, you know, I don't know you. So, but yeah. if you got to know me, I kind of don't stop talking. I talk about <laughs> anything I want. <laughs> so, I mean, so at first I might seem shy, but as you get to know me and like kind of break through that wall, I'm actually a very nice person who doesn't really take well to mean people. I mean, if you're mean mm -hmm. to me, then I might be mean back or I might just say, yeah, you know, just stay away from me, you know, because... Yeah, I just don't like rolling that way. Yeah, just just ignore the mean people. Like they people people are mean because they try to get a reaction out of you. If you don't give it to them, then they'll leave you alone. In yeah. in, in most cases, <laughs> you know, most cases. All right, so let's talk about how much do you remember from your elementary school time in in Africa? <sighs> well, it was definitely warm, mm -hmm. and. Um, I mean, my mom and dad, they were always busy off to work. So my sister and I would always have babysitters and a nanny taking care of us. But they were very nice, you know, especially our nanny. And, um, you know, my sister and I were kind of, we kind of had a big house. So we'd always like play. And I always remember how we had a specific study that it would always be a mess. And our mom would be like, mm -hmm. can't you clean it up? <laughs> when we do clean it up, it's like, wow, is this the same study we always make a mess out of? We're really good at this. <laughs> so in regards to school, elementary school, hmm, I'd say it was very spontaneous. I would be a kind of like firecracker. I would be all over the place, energized, kind of crazy, you know, kind of like a wild child. And I would try my best to make friends. And then, hmm. I guess I wasn't the nicest girl. I mean, I would be nice, but I remember mistreating this very nice girl in my class just because I thought she smelled weird. And oh, <laughs> yeah, so one day she confronted me about it and I was wondering, did I do something wrong? But ever since that day, I've been kind of trying my best to be nice to everybody. And it just kind of triggered that I can't stand mean people because that just reminds me of how I used to act when I was young. It just, mm. just kind of makes me sick to my stomach. It makes my blood boil when I see mean people. So it's just, I'm kind of glad that happened. Although I wish I wasn't mean, you know, cause the last thing I want is to make someone feel bad about themselves and feel like something's wrong with them because that's just not a good feeling to have. I mean, I know what it's like. So. Very true. So how different was it going to school in Germany versus Africa? Germany had winter for one. Okay. <laughs> and I got to experience snow for the first time, and I thought it would be fun, but seeing snow come, go, fall again, go, come again, it's just, why was I excited to see this again? So in, middle, so in middle school, it was definitely a lot harder for me to fit in because it wasn't a predominantly Black school, you know? So it was, it was full of those who, you know, could speak German, or it was an international school, so I wasn't like the only black girl there. Yeah. But still, it was it was hard for me to fit in, and I was mostly teased because my name sounded weird, my personality was weird, so I didn't really have a group to fit in. 
I mean, I did, but then that kind of disbanded after I moved to America. So it wasn't as close as I thought it was. So been just I've just been trying to, you know, get people to understand how I think so they don't, you know, get the wrong idea about me because, you know, I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to find a place to belong, you know, and be accepted. Yeah. But there's also the thing that not everyone is going to accept you just because you don't want to. So I kind of didn't get that idea until I got to high school and got older. So. Okay. So now what, what was the differences going from the international schools to American schools? Well, I never even thought that I would go to America. It just seemed that maybe I would just stay in Europe, but being in America in high school, for one, we had uniforms. So that was my first time actually going to a school that had, you had to wear uniforms. And hmm, I mean, there were good times, but I still had trouble fitting in. I mean, I was offered to join a specific friend group because the girl was nice enough to hold out her hand and say, hey, you want to sit with me and my friends? Mm -hmm. But it always seemed like they were already their own friend group and I was kind of the outsider just Mm -hmm. joining in. So I never really fully felt that I was a part of the group because they were already friends. So I kind of felt out of place, but I didn't really say anything. But inside I was like, why do I feel alone even though though I'm around people, you know? So I was, so I've been trying to really figure myself out in high school and it wasn't, it wasn't a very easy journey because I still got teased and I would always give them what they want because if they teased me, I would react because I didn't like it. And I just kept being told, ignore them, ignore the words. But the thing is, I couldn't just do that because everyone says actions speak louder than words, but that's not my case. I mean, with words, they stick with me. And it's not easy for me to just forget it because they stay kind of ringing in my head. And I just want them to like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop saying stuff like that. So I mean, like, honestly, like what like what kind of things would they say? I mean, they would just kind of poke fun, kind of mock me, kind of just just kind of get under my skin and then I would react and then they would just laugh at me. So it was just kind of, I really didn't know what to do. I mean, I don't even remember specifically what they said, but I would remember some guys like flirt with me, you know, but I knew it was fake. So it just, so it kind of just made it worse because they weren't being serious, you know, it's like, what, like you think liking me is a joke or something, but I didn't really say it like that. So it was just, it wasn't the best time. And how how diverse were your high schools? Well, high school. How what? How diverse? Oh, it was, we had people from everywhere. It wasn't specifically an international high school, but we had people coming from South America, from Asia, from Australia. It was, it was a lot of diversity there. Okay. All right. So now why did your family move, move so much? job opportunities for my parents. They always thought that this is a very good opportunity for us and our family. And then it came and it came going on and on like that. And then it was America. But then while we were in Florida, our, our dad got a big job offer in one of the Carolinas. It was South Carolina. So we moved there, but we still went to high school. And then he got another job offer in North Carolina. So he went there too. But then eventually... He, he said, you know, it never really felt right being in this place. Florida was where I felt most at ease. So we permanently, well, for now, we went back to Florida. So I was happy about that because, you know, being close to family kind of helped ease the negative things at school. So, yeah. Okay. What would you say the biggest difference is between American culture, European culture, and African culture? a good question huh <laughs> how long do i have to ponder an answer <laughs> well you know it's live so i can't edit out the awkward silence <laughs> yeah mm, between their cultures it i mean there's doesn't seem to be many differences because everyone says hi similarly everyone talks similarly i mean of course the languages are different yeah. and of course the food 
and the mannerisms, you know, how if you treat like um, an African matriarch, you treat her with like ultimate respect, you know? And I mean, in America, I mean, you don't really technically, you don't really have a specific head of the family. Like you, like the whole states are ruled by one person, which is the president. So there's, I guess there's, I guess there's also the, oh my gosh, what is it? The, I guess the politics as well. So yeah, it was just different environments. But with all that change, it was just, can I just stay in one place? Because all of these changes in environments, it's just, it kind of threw me off. This is why I've been always wanting to stay put in one place. So it doesn't feel like it's always changing. Because change itself is hard, you know? Yeah. But something that's natural is growing up and, you know, maturing and all that stuff. It's It might be easier but with changes when it with the cards to where you move or schools it takes a toll so so all right so being here in america now i obviously i can't speak for all tv stations but how do, how do you feel when you just see like the worst parts of africa being displayed I me mean, it makes me sad just knowing what goes on it's just like it feels like Everything just seems to go wrong sometimes. I mean, my family and I went to visit Africa or Ghana for, for, for some vacation time. And reading the news, just hearing what goes on and the corruption that happens is just... I mean, I've heard a lot about what goes on in Africa while I was moving around and stuff. But it's just really sad to see that has some has anything really changed, you know? Mm-hmm. Apart from like occasional, oh, the president might changes, but but in like general, it doesn't seem like every like anything changes because you keep hearing stuff happening. And apart from Africa, there's also America, which has its own sets of problems. So <laughs> true. I mean, I don't want to just accept it, but the, but at the same time, I mean, what's what could I seriously do about it? I mean, I can't just go to the White House and say, hey, Mr. Joe Biden, could you change this? You know? So I've honestly decided to just, you know, just stick with it. Like, life can suck, but the best you can do is just make sure that it doesn't take over the life that I would like to live. Okay. So now you're in Germany. You, You find out you're moving to America. What's your initial thoughts? My jaw was open. I was just, what? We're moving to America where Disneyland is and all that magic stuff? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but there was also there was also the kind of hesitance, will I fit in? Will people like me? You know, I was constantly worrying about that because I was growing up and you know, I wanted to be accepted and all that stuff. Like, what would happen when we went to America? Would things really be better? Would we have better opportunities? And, I mean, of course, I had no choice because they're my mom and dad. I had to go with what they said. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't just say, no, I want to stay in Germany. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't really say that. So being in America was, it was a shock. But I eventually got used to it because, you know, I mean, I wasn't really doing anything different. I was going to school having homework, having to pass the classes, all that stuff. So it it still it was still an experience that, you know, doesn't happen every day. So so did, like did you have an expectation? The expectations was what I heard about America, like the fun places on earth like Disneyland. It's like, oh my gosh, we'll get to go to Disneyland. So that was kind of my expectations for it. I wasn't really paying attention to, oh yeah, there's also school and the people I'll meet there. But it was mostly the getting the chance to go to Disneyland was the most most the thing that counted in my head. See so like when I asked you the question earlier about how Africa is displayed to Americans, it was like, you know, you thought of America, you thought of Disneyland. You know, like when when we see Africa portrayed, it's always the poverty and the famine and the corruption. 
And like, so when I asked you about your upbringing, you're like, oh yeah, we had a big old house and like that, that stuff that we don't hear here in America. So like, so that's kind of, kind of why I was asking, like when you see that stuff, cause I'm sure, sure there's vacation resorts and I'm sure there's beautiful places and, and sit in cities there and just that part's never, never displayed. It's like, just what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I understand that people need to know what's going on, specifically like what's happening. And the good stuff is just, well, yeah, I just happened to, to be able to like live in a good house with family and everything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it always seems that the negative things seem to overtake the positive sometimes because of course people have the right to know. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, doesn't mean that they shouldn't stop talking about the good stuff, you know, like if someone got the Medal of Honor or something. I mean, not that they don't do that, but it just seems that the negative stuff are always the bigger news, which means you have to pay attention to this. So they definitely get my attention. But it always seems that, I mean, when we moved from Zimbabwe to Germany, according to my mom, apparently something was going was going wrong. Like there was something wrong. So we just happened to move at the right time. So I was kind of too young to understand. So it's just, hmm, it seems like we just keep dodging bullets. Like, how bad can this world actually get? So it's kind of a complicated question. I tend to ask those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when you were when you were in Africa, what did you vision yourself being as you grew up? Like, what was your childhood dream? <sighs> I always was saying, I want to be a singer. I want to be a dancer. You know, there was always this need to entertain people. But at the same time, growing up, it was also kind of the downfall. Because as I noticed how I wanted to be entertaining to people, it seemed that they only looked for me because they needed someone to laugh at. You know, Mm -hmm. someone to entertain them. And so I just got to thinking... Am I just entertainment to these guys? I mean, there's more to me than just, you know, my entertainment, you know? I mean, I'm not some circus clown. No offense to circus clowns. Because, of course, there's (laughs) more to them than just their entertainment. But, I mean, I want to be entertaining, not just your entertainment. Because, hello, I'm a person, you know? So human being with feelings. Exactly. So, as I just noticed the patterns, it's like, who am I really like? Am I just your entertainment? You know, it kind of it kind of hit hard as I got to thinking about it. But just talking about it makes me realize that no, you may be you may have an entertaining trait, but that's just one of the many parts that makes you who you are. Just don't make this. Don't let people just see you as entertainment. And if they do, then you don't have to confront them. But you know say something don't just say don't just stay silent hmm. well that that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about actions speak loud, louder than words because once you get in front of people people are going to have opinions and you will exhaust yourself if you try to confront anyone that has an opinion about you just like on on the debate show that i do you know there's always two sides to every topic you can pick a type it could be abortion it could be police brutality it could be racism it could be critical race theory you can just pick it could be uh the second amendment and there's going to be people on both sides that are just very very convicted in their opinions and as i've gotten older because when i was when i was your age i was young and feisty too i'd cuss anybody out i wish somebody would say something to me you know but just as you get older it's like you know what it, it's it's really not that big a deal. It's like people like you're entitled to not like me, and I'm entitled to not care. <laughs> you know? you know? yes. battles. Exactly. Okay, if you don't like my content, why are you watching? <laughs> it's it's that simple. <laughs> Instead of getting on my live stream, type type in all this nonsense. Like if you don't like what I'm saying, get. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you from not watching it. <laughs> exactly. I tend to watch things that I like. <laughs> if, if somebody's getting up saying something, I mean, like, I listen to opposing views, 
but but I won't go out of my way to be like you're this, you're that, you're that. I said, okay, like why why do they think like that? That's what I want to know. So if if someone's like, oh, you know, your content is crap, like, well, why do you think that? Like, just let me know. And if they can give you an inarticulate answer, okay, cool. You're you're entitled to think that, and then we move on. You know, so he's like, I don't have to take anything personal. So I know I kind of turned this into like a fatherly session, but you know, <laughs> you know so that's that's the stuff I, I tell I would tell my kids. Like someone's gonna not like you at some point in your life. So, so you just just develop that thick skin now and just focus on focus on crushing your goals. All right. So when you moved to Germany, did the goal change any? A little bit. I then decided to say I want to be an actor. Okay. So it was still in the entertainment district, but um, it's it's still like, oh, I want to be a singer. I want to be a dancer. I want to be an actor. But then sports came into the mix because I started okay. playing volleyball and tennis. It's like, you know, oh, nice. I can be a volleyball player or a tennis player. But then my family just keeps saying, do you know how much work that goes into that? <laughs> I mean, it's easier said than done to say, I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be that. Yeah. But there's always a effort and the actual work that comes into it so i wasn't a type of i wasn't the type of child to eagerly do the work so i would just just say the words i wouldn't really understand what came after that (laughs) that's the best sentence ever (laughs) i've never been a child to eagerly do the work (laughs) that's great But that that goes with anything. Like I actually have a volleyball tournament tomorrow. It's such a fun sport, really is. All right, so so now you're in the USA, and did did the goal shift shift again? Yes, a little bit. I still was into like film acting, but then when my mom said, "Hey, what if you're put in a scene that's kind of explicit? You know, would you want to do something like that?" I was just, no way. I would not be comfortable doing that. So then she then she gave me the idea, what about voiceover? I was just voiceover, 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 voiceover. Ding! Oh my gosh, that's perfect! Because I like being loud. I like doing weird noises. Even my family gets weird out by the many things I can do with my voice. When yeah. they hear me laugh sometimes, they're like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> it's all in good fun. So it's just voiceover. That might be something I might really like to do. So I started researching on it. And it is not an easy task. So with someone who doesn't really want to do like business or into hard work, I might have chosen the hardest thing to be. Ironic <laughs> 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 that. That's true. <laughs> yes. They, things tend to come into our lives that, that we say we, we don't want. And it's like, it just it just puts you right in there. Like growing up, my dad had had bad knees. My sister had bad knees, and I was sitting there with my two good strong knees, talking all kinds of trash to them. And now at forty seven, I've had three knee surgeries. They crack all the time, and it's like I just I just willed that right to myself. <laughs> you know, it's like that's just, that's just how that works. That law of attraction is a powerful thing. So so let's get back to acting because you mentioned it twice and. You said that, that the reason that you moved on from it was because of outside influence, right? So if that's something that you wanted to do, why would you not pursue it? It's not like every movie out there has explicit scenes. No. I mean, I've had, I've had my go at acting when I was in college. I was in the theater mm-hmm. major. So I've just been looking back and just sometimes I feel like I'm not believable. Sometimes when I when I go to the professors, when I ask, is there something I can do to so then I can actually be in the play? They sometimes say that um, you're really you're full of energy, but sometimes you have to reel that back in. This then that just gets me thinking, what's wrong with being energetic? I mean, I don't think I'm too energetic, am I? You know? So, but of course, like if they're the professors, they know what they want. So there's that. When I finally got my chance to be on stage, I mean, it was fun, but having to do it over and over and over again, because it was a stage play, yes. it, was, it seemed like I was kind of lowering my excitement for it. It just seemed I was just 
a random girl on stage. It didn't feel like I was the character. And I was, I just wondered, did I give a mediocre performance? You know, if I did that on stage, think about how it would be on film because you can't lie to the camera. The camera will see your face. You can't trick it or anything. Mm-hmm. And you don't have yourself to only worry about. You have your scene partners, all of that stuff. So if, it's just been a long process. It's like acting, do I want to do it? Voiceover, it sounds fun. But then all the outside influence, like you don't want to box yourself in just one genre. If you want to, you know, be out there and make a name for yourself, do more than just what you want to do. So after all that long process, I still figured I still want to do voiceover, but I don't want to box myself too much that I want to be open to if I got an acting gig, when I would be, I would think about taking it. Or if it was an audiobook, I would think about doing it. Or if it was a commercial, I might think about doing it. I don't, I want to be, I want to be flexible. I don't want to just be known for one thing. So it's, it's kind of been a back and forth for me, just trying to figure out what I want to do. Okay. And, and just know that it could take a while. I mean, I started this podcast when I was 45. <laughs> you know, so sometimes it it just it just take it takes time to really figure figure out what it is you want to do. And when I ended ended the podcast earlier today, I had said, you know, figure out what that one thing is, and then you got to find the right platform to give it to you. You know, because I excuse me, because I had dreams of of be, being an actor and being on TV and stuff. But then you see what a lot of like the A-list celebrities, like what they go through and dealing with the paparazzi and dealing with people trying to cancel you and the the demanding schedule that the studio puts on you. And it's like, okay, that's not the stuff that I want. (laughs) And so back then, you know, I grew up before the internet and cell phones and, and all this stuff. So once podcasting came on the scene, it's like, okay, I can... I can kind of control this. I can control the content. I can back it up to my own platform. So if Facebook decides to take away live streaming or something, you know, I have it backed up on my own platform. I can still get get on camera. I can still do what I do. I get to meet new people. And so it's like I'm still doing what I want to do. I just took a different avenue to get there. You know, so like that's one piece of advice I have for you. It's like it's like what's what's the end goal? Like what what would you like to be doing? And then figure out what platform is the best way for you to do it. Honestly, all I can say is every time when I think of when I where I could be genuinely happy is if I was in a studio and I was getting direction from the specific director and I was lending my voice. Yes. I can only see that I am doing voiceover. And that hasn't gone away. No yeah. matter like as months came around it's like I still just see myself in a studio just giving my voice and it's so much fun but of course I can't just go through the door like it takes a lot of work and stuff so I've been so right now I've just been trying to I mean right now I'm job hunting so right now I've just been trying to find a job that I can start making money because buying voiceover equipment is not cheap so Mm. There's that. And I've also started a kind of YouTube series called Don't Judge Me, yeah. where someone, I, someone just asked that. <laughs> Could a YouTube channel help, help her start? So, <laughs> all right, you have one. Go ahead, carry on. <laughs> yeah. So I made a, I made a kind of YouTube series called Don't Judge Me. Um, it's on my YouTube channel called Mozzie B. And I, and I basically just talk about my opinions on specific anime I've watched, you know, just what I thought about it. And of course, like it was, it wasn't fully solid. I wanted to get critique on it. So as I got into more of it, I was like, okay, this is what they would like to see. So I tried to improve it more. So it's been good. I mean, I would like it if it was, if it had like a thousand views, but (laughs) for someone who only has like six subscribers, that's a wild dream away. (laughs) So all right, I, hold on, because I got to go daddy mode on you again, because mm-hmm. you, you keep selling yourself short, right? So, like, the first thing you said was, like, you know, you can't just kick in the door. In 2021, yes, you can. 
Yes, you can. Some, sometimes you were just one question away from getting getting what you want. Like I got on TV in Australia just because I sent the pitch. And even though on the website it said Australia residents only, I live in the United States. <laughs> but I sent my pitch and I sent it so well they couldn't ignore it. <laughs> you know, so they reached out to me and I was like, I was like, I know you were looking for Australian re- residents. They're like, oh, no, no, no. They're like, we want to talk to you. You know what I mean? So, so you got to take what you feel is the norm and bust right through the norm. You know, it's like, I'm telling you, you're, you're just one question away from, from an opportunity. <laughs> if, like, if you don't ask people, then the answer is always no. So just like, oh, they want this much experience. They want this create your resume, make yourself sound absolutely amazing and apply it to everything. And then at some point, someone's going to, going to say, say yes. Like I've been, I've been in over 200 publications and I don't have a college degree. I'm not a licensed life coach, (laughs) you know, like I'm not a licensed speaker or a certified speaker, but I get on here and I teach people about life. I teach people about mental health. I teach them about resilience and overcoming obstacles. And I don't have any letters after my name, but I position myself as an expert. So when people come on my show and I tell them I don't have a degree, like really, <laughs> you know, you know, they're like you you don't. I'm like, no, I'm a college dropout. I dropped out three times, and now I mentor people with degrees. <laughs> you know, so, so don't ever sell yourself short, especially in this country. In this country, there's nothing stopping you from moving forward. Regardless of what the politicians tell you, there's nothing stopping you. <laughs> Told you I had, had to go had to go daddy mode real quick. <laughs> 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 well, no, because like I because I can tell when you talk about it that you're passionate about it and you want to do it, and that passion will overshadow anything you put on a resume. Really well. No, depending on the position, obviously. <laughs> but like, just just get yourself in front of the people you need you need to get in front of, and let them see that passion. And someone someone's gonna give you a shot. You know, they really will. But let's talk about about your YouTube channel. So, when did you? How long ago did you create that? Oh, <laughs> that was that was just a few weeks ago. It was just, can I really do it? Do I want to put myself out there? I'm not the best person when it comes to there you go again let me finish (laughs) hey this is me let me show you my opinion but it's just you know what no i can't be scared about doing this kind of thing it's just it's just an opinion and and they call it don't judge me because of that it's my opinion if you don't like it you don't have to watch it but if you do okay just if you want me to change something, give me constructive criticism. Don't just be mean about it. You know, yeah. no haters allowed. So Love it. I started it out and everyone, everyone that I talked to about who I sent it to says like, oh my gosh, this is really good. You should, you should do this. It's like, oh, yay. <laughs> they like it. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad. I mean, if they said, you know, maybe you shouldn't do it. I might have been a little more downhearted to do it but i'm really glad that he did like it so i started doing it more and more i started i actually went in chronological order from the animes i've watched from when i was little to as i grew older and older and older so okay (laughs) it's been fun just watching me just try to be as outgoing as i as i really want to you know just kind of like oh my gosh did he do that (gasps) i know right so <laughs> it's been a fun experience. So I'm going to keep at it. I mean, I'm not really sure who I'm looking to one day. Oh, I want this girl, you know, because mm. that's like a million and one that a big person would like find me. But, you know, it doesn't really stop me from, I mean, I want to do this. I mean, I'm not being forced to. I really enjoy doing the videos and it kind of helps me branch out, you know, so I'm, so I like kind of like go of the shyness and just, you know, bloom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. See, so the big, the biggest thing is to just get started and then just be consistent. You know, it's like, it's like, don't go worry about the six, the six subscribers, just worry about, about the content, you know, get the content out there and then just over time it's going to grow. 
and then find other people who are doing what you're doing and invite them onto your show. So now you'll be talking to your audience and theirs. You know what I mean? And then you find some, some, someone else. Like with every person I speak to on this, I, you know, I'm speaking to my audience, but then they share it with theirs as well, you know, which helps their, their audience get some of my expertise and then, it, it, and then vice versa. You know, my audience gets to hear their expertise and then it benefits both of us. And then, if you need help, help with that. I can, I can help, help you out with that. I mean, I have a big enough net network now, to where, to where I'm starting to have panels on of, with, with people. But the, the, the point is, I got started. You know, so you started the process. Now you have to feed it. You know, it's like if, if you plant, if you plant a flower and you don't water it, it's gonna die. <laughs> so it's like your, your YouTube channel is the same thing. Okay, you started it. Now, you, now you gotta water it. You gotta keep putting the content out there. You got to keep sharing it. If you have an email list, share it with the email list. If you don't have one, build one. And then just put that channel everywhere you can put it. Because I'm just starting to focus on mine now because I get the most of my engagement through Facebook and through the podcast platforms. But I'm like, but there's people, you know, who are getting their word out on on YouTube and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. And I'm like, and I'm a far better speaker than they are. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know, but they but they have the marketing and the algorithms and they have all that stuff down better than I do. But rather than just accepting it, I'm learning what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and I'm getting them on my platform, seeing how they talk, seeing how they communicate. And then, you know, you don't really take what they're doing because at the end of the day, you have to be your own authentic self. Mm-hmm. But just looking at some of the habits they have, like when are when are they streaming? You know, when are they uploading videos? Like what color scheme, what platform are they using to, to stream? And just see what, what you can take away. And then you adopt the habits. It's like anything else. When people come to me for fitness, if you want to lose 20 pounds, okay, here's the blueprint. And you give them the blueprint, you know? So it's the, the same way in grow, growing an audience. And all of that stuff, goes to strengthen your resume because now you'll have a body of work to say, listen, this is what I built up and this is what I'm doing every day or ho- however often you you uh, put content out there. But this is what I'm doing every single day. So I'm comfortable, you know, behind the camera. I'm comfortable using my voice, you know. So it's like, don't think that, that you're too young. Don't think that you're not experienced enough because that's not the case. If you're hungry, go get it. Okay. All right. So now I want to get back to the cultural thing because I watched the video. It was from black people from Africa and a group of black people from America. And they were debating cultural differences. So I'm just curious as to what did you notice between the cultural differences between I don't say actual African Americans, but, but 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 black people from Africa and then black people from America. Mm. I'll be hitting you mm. with them deep questions. I mean, of course, that if they were raised in America and raised in Africa, there may be some. There may be there, of course, may be differences, but. I don't know how to I don't know how to put it. It's just I mean, of course, like I ask myself just because if someone's black does that automatically mean that they're African, you know? Mm-hmm. Or because they were raised and actually born in America and just happened to be black, you know, is it because we're all black, we're all connected to ancestors who were from Africa, you know? I think I remember talking with this about my mom a while ago. And it's just, oh, oh, it's my head. You're making me think too much. (laughs) You've been on the show with me before. You know how I do. Just once. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it takes. Well, like, I'll just give give you a couple couple of takes from that debate I watched. Like, one of the group of Black Americans were saying something about the culture and all that. And one of the Africans said, name five African countries. <laughs> and none of them could. 
<laughs> you know, so it's, it's things like the Africans' biggest point was like, you know, you're trying to claim the culture when you don't know anything about the culture. Um, is it? Uh, no, I mean, is that that's not is that another form of is that another form of racism? I don't know. I I, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah, they shouldn't say the R when they when they can't even name five countries. Like, come on, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You can't even name one. That's kind of sad. I mean, granted, there's people in this country that can't name all fifty states. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, I mean, I like... I was able to one time, but I totally <laughs> forgot everything. So, yeah, I mean, there's yes. nothing wrong. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. Although yes. I would think in school they would teach you the geography and all that stuff. But if they didn't, I mean, it's not like oh, you're black and you don't know any any countries in Africa. What? It's, <laughs> it's just. I mean, it's not a crime. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't think it is, but that's just me. Um, I think I remember seeing a scene. Um, it's from a, it was from a Netflix show called Family Reunion, and the main daughter of the family she's lighter than everyone else, and she's confronted because she doesn't know who what who the Black Panther Party was, and okay. so she felt very singled out. And she felt like she didn't really belong just because she just happened to be lighter than her, the rest of the family. So it's just, I was like, I wonder how, I wonder if everyone who just happens to have a different shade feels that way. Or if it's like, oh, I'm not dark enough. I'm not light enough and all that stuff. Mm. I mean, I mean, I have to keep saying this. It's just like, everyone is different. If everyone was the same, then yes. life would be boring. Honestly, it would kind Great. of be monotone all that stuff. I mean, you have those who who think like racist and it's like, you know, go back to Africa. It's like, you know, if everything was like was like that, there wouldn't be I don't know, there wouldn't be kind of there wouldn't be diversity. There wouldn't be things that can make actually things better, you know? If everyone was white or if any or if everyone was black, you know, it's just it would just be no one is unique. No one is special. Everyone is like everyone else. But at the same time, we kind of live in the world where everyone is like everyone else. And it's up to that specific person to say, I can do the specific thing. I mean, of course, there may be a few who can do that specific thing, but you might have a specific way of doing it, you know? So it's just, it's just like, it just, yes, color is there. But, you know, from what I see, I still have two eyes like you. I have hair like you. Hey, settle I... down. <laughs> you still have hair like right there. Okay, okay, good. I mean, I'm pretty sure I bleed the same color of blood as you if I got cut. And I'm pretty sure I'd feel the same pain if someone were to smack you across the face. Yes. So, I mean, maybe it's because of how I was raised, but it's just, of course you see color. But that shouldn't be the only thing you see because take away color and you're basically looking at your reflection in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. See, Ooh, and, and I, stuff. <laughs> see, <laughs> and like I speak on that topic a lot because you're right, it goes back to how you were raised. Because our our parents raised us to just crush whatever comes in our path, you know, hence the shut up and grind. It's like, there's, there's going to be people that's going to look at you sideways. That's their problem. That's not mine. That, that, that's theirs. Unless they're try, trying to physically harm me or one of my kids or, you know, a family member. If they're trying to do physical harm, yeah. But if I walk into a convenience store and somebody stares at me, it's like, I'm not going in there to make friends. I'm going in there to get what I need. And as long as I get what I need, pay and leave, that visit was a success. And and that's that's just how I'm wired. And some people aren't wired that, that way. And that's fine. Like, I always say, I will never discredit someone's lived experience. So like, if someone got beat up by the cops, they don't want to hear my not all cops is, is bad BS. Because to, to them, they had a different experience. But I've gotten pulled over drunk, not proud of it, drunk. The cop easily could have arrested me, easily could have could have impounded my car. He followed me home. <laughs> you know, the cop followed me home. 
So so it's like I, I just have a different experience. I've done charity events with police officers and I've worked with some great, great men and women of all races on that force, force, all religions. So it's like I just share my lived experience. And just because my lived experience differs from yours doesn't negate mine. And I think that's what gets lost in the race talks. So like if I if I come out and say no, racism has never affected me. People are like, oh, you're just doing Republican talking points, and you're saying the things that the white people want you to say. I'm like, um, no, I'm telling you how I was raised and my value set. <laughs> That's what it is. It's that I know racism exists. I know there are people living in poor, poor conditions. I know how the inner cities were formed. I get that. I was born in New York City, and my parents' apartment burned down, and they were forced into the projects and I think this was in Queens, in Queens, New York. And my father took one look at, of those surroundings and was like, hell no. And he actually left us there. <laughs> he came up here to Rhode Island for six months, worked, saved, bought a house in a rural area with a great school system, went back, got my mom and us kids, and we were raised there. So my, so whenever people talk, talk about like the inner city lifestyle, I always say, you can get out. It's like my, my dad chose to get out. He got us out of there. You know, so you can argue the, the structural things there and the systemic things there. But my point is in 2021, you can flee any situation you want to flee. Any situation. So if something is not serving your life, you can move on from it. You know, so I know I unpacked a lot there too. But but like have have you felt like you've dealt with any form of ra- racism in your young life so far? Yeah, I unfortunately experienced some when I was in middle school. I mean, honestly, I was the kind of person who thought the world was a very fun, exciting place, you know. And as I grew older, that kind of illusion shattered. I would say that it completely shattered in college when I talked to a guy who was my friend before. And he kind of gave me a very blunt reality check that, the world is not a fun place. You know, there's lots of stuff you got to deal with and just society in itself. So, I mean, the first, I mean, the first time that I had to experience racism, I thought, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily mad. I was just shocked because I never thought I would have to go through that, but I did. And I mean, it was, it was kind of just, that's kind of weird because, I mean, in an, in an international school, you would think you wouldn't have to deal with that kind of thing because people come from everywhere, you know? So, of course, like, it made me sad that others, that others thought that way. It's just, I mean, but what could I do? If that's what they really thought. Then it's not like fighting them would change anything. Not that I did. I, I just told I just told the main disciplinary person and um, I mean, I might, I could say that I was too young to deal with it, but if I was too young then, I mean, what if I experienced it in elementary school or or if I experienced it in high school or college, you know, you, you just never know what life's going to throw at you. And it's up to you if you going to let that take over or you're going to like say something because I because I would say like not saying anything I would be thinking about it over and over again. So I'm glad I was able to say something. Mm-hmm. And and after that I didn't really experience much racism, but you know it's always in my head that you know just if someone says something racist, you know, just Remember where you are because, you know, like in your surroundings, you don't want to, you don't want to like attack someone in a public space, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, you don't want to attack someone, period, but <laughs> you just, you got to know where you are and yeah, just kind of knowing me, how words affect me. It's just, you just got to do your best to just stay cool and just try to get yourself out of there as quick as possible because the last thing you want is to be seen as the bad guy. Because of course, only the all because all they see is someone said something, but they see you taking action. Mm-hmm. So, 
See, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I always say it's like it's like being in a boxing match, right? So, like, to, to, to a black person, you know, like, the N-word is like the knockout punch. That's what it is. So if someone is going to come up and say something like that, they're trying to knock you out. And then you acting out, you just became what they want you to become, right? It's, it's about having emotional control. And again, that, that, that's something, especially for young boys, because I would say, you know, teenage boys, they're getting used to their testosterone. <laughs> so it's like they, 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 they just don't know how to control it when they're young and they just want to be so, so quick to fight somebody. But it's like at the end of the day, if someone doesn't like a certain, a certain ethnic group, you fighting them is not going to change their mind. <laughs> it's not going to. So it's like what I did years ago is I took all of the racially incentive, insensitive words and I stripped them of their power. Like they mean nothing to me, none of them, you know? So it's like what somebody's opinion of me doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's like what I go, I help people who need my help. Doesn't matter if the white, black, gay, straight, if they, if they're Democrat, if they're Republican, like I, I don't care if people need help at the end of the day, they're people, they're people like that's what gets lost in this whole mix. Like if if you suddenly had a heart attack, and an Asian was the closest one to you, I'm pretty certain you want that person to do CPR on you, <laughs> right? You're not gonna stop. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm gonna wait for a black person. Right? Like, see how stupid that sounds? <laughs> it's like so when people have these these racial debates, like I sit back and I listen, and then because I was on one debate, there was like 13 of us. I, I want to say, and we were debating race relations. And I'm just listening to everybody just spout, spout their, their views. And I'm not even going to, you know, pick on, on their views because people are entitled to view the world how they view it. But just as I'm listening to them, then at the end of it, I was like, so what does any of that fix? You know, because they were just talking about white people need to need to this. And they were talking about reparations and they were just talking about all this stuff. And I was like, what does any of that have to do with you crushing life today? What does any of it have? Because the second your alarm goes off, you can crush today. Everything that you need to do to be successful, you can do it today. So how does any of that stuff stop that? I was like, I'll wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's like once we get moved past that, 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 that stupid skin color thing and realize we're, we're just all people, that's it. Doesn't matter. We're people. So, holy crap, that hour went by pretty fast. All right, so, so give me, give me, give me some final words. Like, if if you were, if you were to pitch yourself right now to someone looking for a voiceover actress, this is your stage. Why should they pick you? I can tell you a lot of reasons why you should pick me, but I'm proud. But I'm sure that you've heard all of them before. All I could do is. If you gave me a specific instruction, I would do my best to follow them because I have my own attributes. And honestly, there were attributes that I thought should be buried down because everyone always seemed to not like them. But as I'm learning to accept that that's who I am, I want to be able to bring smiles to people. I want to be able I want to be able to move people. You know, when you hear a very a very sad song, the lyrics, you just you feel something. I mean, I don't know how long that's going to take, but I want to be able to give something to people that will make them happy. So if you think that's what you're looking for, then let me know. Love it. All right. So don't sign off yet. Okay. We are all done. So say goodbye to the peeps. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> All right. And I'll be with you backstage in a minute. Okay. All right. So that was Ma thanking her for coming on to, to the show and sharing her stories, sharing her experience, even though she was a little nervous in the beginning, but she loosened up as we got, got into it and shared a lot of great insight into her life, what she wants to do. We, we touched on some cultural subjects and uh, said it was just a sol- solid episode. So I will be back on... Probably Monday with Olivia. Boom, we're going to do our debate show where we have a a video that we watched today that we're going to react to. And that's about it. Have yourselves a great day. 
You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry. 